We all can't help but wonder what adventures lie just over the next ridge. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there. If you're taking on your adventure in the 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always your updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Along with Assistant, Google Maps and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employers respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. From grandmothers who whispered in their baby girl ear, to fathers on dimly lit street corners instructing young soldiers to always keep their eyes open. You be queen. You were fire. You were passed through centuries on the hands of your daughters. They called you wisdom. Proverbs. On the backs of diamond-eyed school children who grew into hymnals recited by amethyst-holding urban philosophers who recited neighborhood commandments out of the windows of restored El Camino chariots to keep the warmth in their blood. Be wise. Be smart. Be black opal, brown quartz, bloodstone and prayer. Be every form of gem. See, king told scribe, scribe told son, son told wife, wife told her daughter, and daughter told the ancestors, and the ancestors told me that you would come to give wisdom to thousands. They said you would come, dropping gem, dropping gem. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Dropping Gems podcast. I'm Debbie Brown. This is the show where we sink into ourselves 
a nice soft place to land to investigate all of the things moving through us in service to higher consciousness and living a life that allows you to be your fully expressed self. Always evolving that mission statement, but yeah, that's the deepest intention. All right, this episode, I want to dive into something I've been thinking a lot about lately as it relates to meditation. So this episode is for everyone and especially for those that have a meditation practice already or are curious about having a meditation practice, but have noticed that every time you may have tried, um, there seems to be some challenge to it. So I want to really sink into calling out what some of those triggers around beginning or deepening a meditation practice can be. I was thinking recently, I was actually talking to one of my girlfriends and, you know, we were speaking about the dynamics of the kinds of things you may be working with biologically, depending on what your life has looked like. So something that science is gratefully finally uh, able to explain in some ways and is still growing in many others is that trauma does reside inside of your body. It becomes a part of your cells, of your DNA. And so sometimes even when intellectually you're doing as much as you possibly can to self-investigate, to grow, to heal, to change, to transform, why it's really necessary to... um, work that holistic approach so you can have potentially, you know, some somatic help in your healing or some deeper understandings around why your body may reject things that feel useful or good or helpful to you. And meditation falls under that category as well. And I remember when I first, when I was first studying to teach meditation, um, You know, this is about a decade ago. And so at that time, none of this information was really around. Um, There are a lot of people that have theories. There are a lot of people who worked in the space who were sharing thoughts, potentially. Um, I did not come across any, but I've come to know down the line after my own investigation that other people were investigating in this way, too. Um, But this is not something that was easily expressed. And I remember when I was getting, you know, some of my materials and studying um, some techniques for meditation, there wasn't any special needs care support per se. You know, the most that came sometimes in the back of some of your teacher manuals or your study guides was, you know, if someone is a veteran then they may need to, you know, move more slowly in meditation. They, you know, they may find that their PTSD kind of has a little bit of conflict with coming into stillness and silence. And that was the extent of it, you know. But in reality, I mean, so many of us live with PTSD for such a variety of reasons and even more um, strenuous. So many live with CPTSD. Um, which is really these kind of daily battles with your nervous system. And so very naturally, meditation can be a triggering experience for that. You know, the core, the base of meditation, it's being able to be 
in such a neutrality with yourself, um, such a complete kind of um, disconnection from your physical experience and being able to come into that soul-led space. And so you're not really... um, the experience of coming into the present moment with your body, if you're someone who has PTSD or CPTSD or a variety of other things, um, it can be incredibly triggering and challenging. It can make you so hyper aware of yourself and of your history and of your body in ways that you may typically avoid um, or maybe weren't invited to experience yet. So so many things come up. Um, and that's what I want to sit in today. I want to explore that because I believe without a shadow of a doubt, meditation is, it's just so paramount to your journey. It's paramount to the longevity of your ability to maintain your awareness, to maintain your healing, um, to really elevate your consciousness. I believe, and this is based on my personal thoughts, my personal experiences, and my experiences with students and clients, Um, but again, just from my lens, my belief is that meditation is um, the most powerful tool there is for self-mastery and for healing maintenance. So. Let's explore that today. I want everyone, ideally, as you feel comfortable, to stretch yourself, to invite in a meditation practice into your everyday life. We just kicked off the new year. Um, My moment of recording this episode is uh, January, mid-January. So we just kicked off the new year. And this is the perfect time while you still have connection to some of that motivating energy, some of that really yummy, daydreamy energy. Uh, It's really powerful to use that, use that little bit of forward momentum that we're naturally gifted at this time of the year, a little bit of the extra rest you got, that hibernating energy, and set some intentions around creating a system that does not have to be perfect, but is useful to you, is in service to you that you can really use as a tool of sustained and consistent nourishment. So diving into this episode, the triggers of meditation, um, I want to talk a little bit about the ways that I'm experiencing my practice right now. So I've been meditating for, um, I never actually like to tell years anymore. I feel like I'm dating myself so significantly. I've been I've been meditating a long time, over a decade. And when I it took me several years to feel comfortable in my practice the way that I do right now. And meditation, your meditation practice so truly evolves with you. It evolves based on where you are in your life and your journey and your capacity, you know, at that time in your life, in your family structure, in your creativity. Meditation is evolving in such a multitude of ways um, based on where you are. And sometimes some parts of the year are more tender. So your practice may look a way that's a little more emotionally supportive. And some parts of your year are just a little more blissful. And so your meditation practice may feel a little looser, a little more creative. There may be a little 
you know, movement to it even. So it's about listening to your but meditation is always meeting us wherever we are. And it's an opportunity to get creative with the ways we want to support ourselves. So in the first few years of my meditation, um, it was very tough for me to be still. Really tough for me to be in full silence. And I would go on a few different retreats. And I remember I was able to get through early on a two-hour meditation, but it brought out an immense amount of anxiety in me that I was kind of struggling through back and forth. And so even though I had had experience with it, it wasn't something I was ready to connect to. And I wasn't for many, many years. So my, my first base practice was 20 minutes in the morning, 20, 25 minutes um, late midday. So before the evening, before my day ended. And I would typically do that before I went to work. At that time, I was working in broadcasting. And then I would do it again um, late afternoon before I headed home. I maintained that pretty consistently. And then there were some times that based on life and, you know, the ways that I was able to kind of flow with life or not, I would go months without meditating. And then I'd find it again. And then sometimes I wouldn't be able to do it in silence. I would have to do it um, as a guided. And so I'd use maybe some help. I'd do some chants or I'd have, um, I'd use, you know, beautiful teacher on an app. And so those were ways um, that I was trying to stay consistent without judging myself, but I was also kind of giving myself the flow to be human. So it's really important to kind of see it from that view, especially if you're starting to build your practice, because you don't want to be in judgment of yourself. It does not have to be pristine every time. Eventually, you'll get to a point where you will want nothing but the pristine experience each time, and you'll do your best to honor that. But you don't have to start there. You don't even have to be there within the first year, the first five years. It's, it's really unique to whatever ways you can be consistent with yourself, whatever ways you can commit to honoring your higher intention. So find the flow with it. You know, if you're like, oh, I'm embarrassed to talk, you know, to talk about meditation because I'm barely doing five minutes. What? Rejoice. So proud of you. It's hard to come by, especially when you have, you know, potentially so many other battles happening in yourself, in the world, in your day. It's fine. It is well. So that part of the practice um, was my personal view. I've also had, you know, friends that have practices that the moment they connected with the gap, first meditation, they were able to lock in and build a really deep advanced practice very early on. So for everyone is absolutely different. Um, and again, there's no, there's no standard. You want it to be serving and nourishing and evolutionary to you and your life and your soul's journey. So the first few years of my practice were a back and forth with a lot of that. Um, and then I just started moving and deepening. And the more I taught, um, the deeper and more beautiful my practice got. The more I created real space and time to be in flow with it. I didn't have to rush to it or rush off from it, which is really the number one rule in meditation. You don't want to be frantically arriving and then hurrying and sitting down and say, okay, I'm closing my eyes. And you don't want to have to keep one eye on the clock to where you're saying, okay, 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 is it almost time? Is it almost time? Okay, I'm up. Okay, got to go, got to go. 
you know, you really want to create um, a very soft container around both ends of experience for yourself. But once you get, um, once you kind of lock into that pretty consistently, I spent a few years in a deeper practice. Um, sometimes I would just, I would do 30 minutes in the top of the day, 30 minutes at the end. Sometimes it was just 45 minutes in the morning. And then I found that I was finding ways to make the time for the practice because I was really noticing how much it changes my life. So for myself now, my highest intention, um, what my practice has been for probably the last three years has been a two hour a day practice as often as possible. I try to at least four to five days a week be able to get two hours of meditation in each day. And then I'll try to do smaller ones, um, smaller windows on tighter days of the week. But the last three years or so, my practice has really been consistently, consistently, consistently that. And it's revolutionized my life. It has fast-tracked um, things that I personally, you know, work on in my life and in my spirit and myself. Um, it's really enhanced my ability to be a present mother, which is something, um, you know, that I think so many of us struggle with in a, in a life and in a world that has so much going on. You're constantly multitasking. And I see that the effect that that has, you know, on the eyes of children and on their ability to just have a little more space to add to the creativity of the house. You know, if every second is filled or if every, every single crevice of your mind and heart are filled with something that you're working on or cycling through um, or observing, there's not a lot of space for that unique creativity to arise in your child where they get to add something to the room. They get to add something unplanned to the conversation. There's no art to the flow of the family. Um, and I think about that a lot, you know, as someone who is a single mom and just works quite a bit um, and is always kind of self-investigating or investigating someone else for work. Um, I think about that. And so I try very intentionally to carve that into every, every, every single day with my son. And what helps me have the space to do that is cutting a lot of other things out to make sure that I can get that um, more juicy, robust meditation experience in. So it comes down to, you know, what are you willing to commit to, to, you know, that being a part, especially before you walk into building your practice, because there will be things that arise and we're going to get into that in just a sec, but there, there are many things that can arise in your practice. And so when you've identified that you do want to commit to expanding your understanding of meditation or your mastery of yourself, personal growth and healing. Um, one of the things to commit to is really think about time that intricately and get very clear on your why. Why are you committing to doing this for yourself? Because you want to make it less casual. It is so easy to disregard ourselves, to disregard our choices, to let ourselves down if we're only casually committing to the things that we say we want or the ways that we say we want to change. When you get uh, a lot more surgical with it and you really get into some self-investigation, maybe take a few notes, spend a few days, you don't have to have, you know, a 15-minute or a five-minute thought process with yourself around how you're going to do this. Write it down quickly and say, go. You can say, I'm going to commit to thinking about this for a few moments every day. 
for the next week and then sitting and saying, what's the solution? How do I really feel about this? You know, there is time and space to build. So when you're coming into your meditation practice, getting clear on, you know, meditation, I also have to say is a medicine. It's a tool. It's, it's a really powerful, powerful awakener and shifter. And, you know, the ways that it's often described in more of a mainstream context, especially in the Western world, and especially on Instagram, it's, it's kind of like the thing that you're doing for light maintenance on yourself. It's like your car wash, you know, like, okay, let me dip down and feeling stressed out. I'll meditate. Yes. Powerful, powerful tool for that too. Please keep doing that. But mm, meditation is holy. Meditation is sacred. Meditation is incredibly surgical. Um, and it, it's a pathway for massive levels of awakening, of shedding, of activating in your life. And so, you know, we have to go and I believe we have to go into our practices, um, our spiritual practices, or, you know, even if you're identifying it, um, maybe in another way, like a self-care practice, we have to go into it with a certain amount of reverence because ultimately it's us caring for ourselves. It's us meeting ourselves. It's us transforming ourselves. What on earth is more sacred than that, than that experience? You came to earth to be yourself. (laughs) So anything you're doing in service to that self, you know, really being able to hold it just a little, just a little more intentionally um, can really shift things forward. So as we commit to this practice, building these containers to support the triggers that will arise will be very helpful. So right now, my practice, um, I shared what it's looked like in the last three years. What I'm noticing in the last several months uh, is that my body has been really wanting to shift to upgrade my practice again. And something that is becoming a part of a really consistent daily practice. This is something I would do often in my practice, but not every single day. Um, but now what's becoming a very deep everyday practice for me is really utilizing um, mudras, uh, which are different hand movements that assist you in moving energy as you meditate um, and in getting into deeper awarenesses. And also I've restarted um, my mala practice. Uh, the first probably two, three years of my meditation journey, I really consistently used uh, mala beads to guide my practice. And my first set of mala beads I used for that were made of moonstone. Um, and they're a very beautiful set that I got at the Chopra Center. And then after that, I had uh, rose quartz mala that I really loved using. Um, and then I kind of stopped using my malas and I would just kind of be in regular flow with my body and in my practice. And recently, I've started using um, malas in my everyday practice multiple times a day. And I've just really been enjoying that energy so much. It's just, it's brought me into a lot of new heightened awarenesses. It's really, um, in this moment in my life, it's just been really, really deeply nourishing to reconnect with that energy. Especially, I've been using um, a citrine mala. And also um, a labradorite mala, 
and some black onyx, um, excuse me, black tourmaline and pyrite. Right now, I've been using a lot of meditation and oof, it's just feeling so good. So I share that to say also, you know, that's something I'm very, I love when I'm able to get creative about meditation, when I'm able to kind of have that spark to life again of changing my practice and saying, you know, what am I craving right now? What's most supportive to me right now? How can I, you know, um, how can I go deeper? How can I experience this um, in whatever way I'm meant to right now? So that can feel really lovely. That's part of the creative process. Are you all about the NBA action? You've got to try Pick 6, the newest fantasy app from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Right now, new customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Getting started is simple. Just download the DraftKings Pick 6 app and sign up with code TBE. Pick at least two players and choose if they'll have more or less of a stat. Like, will they score more or less than 30 points or have more or less than eight assists? Lock them in and compete against others for a shot at huge cash prizes. Download the DraftKings Pick 6 app now and get started with code TBE. New customers can earn a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 in Pick 6 credits when you deposit $5 or more. Only on DraftKings Pick 6 with code TBE. The crown is yours. One offer per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit to receive a match of up to $100 in Pick 6 credits. Non-withdrawable and valid for Pick 6 use only. Expire after 180 days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. We all can't help but wonder what awaits us around the next corner. What new roads are left to be discovered? What adventures like just over the next ridge. Push beyond your current limits and find out. A Nissan Rogue, Nissan Pathfinder, or Nissan Armada will take you there, where the road leads you and even where the off-road makes a way to. If you're taking on your adventure in a 2024 Nissan Rogue, class-exclusive Google built-in is always your updating assistant to call on for almost anything. Whether the adventure is about the destination, the journey itself, or both, your SUV will match your tenacity mile after mile. And no matter how far you wander, you'll remain tethered to home without the need to connect to your phone. Along with Assistant, Google Maps, and Google Play Store are built right into the 12.3-inch HD touchscreen infotainment system of the 2024 Nissan Rogue. Every one of Nissan's SUVs have the capabilities to take you where you want to go. The world is waiting to be discovered. What are you waiting for? Learn more at NissanUSA.com. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. Kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts. 
as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbionica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or toxins. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. C-Y-M-B-I-O. TIKA.com. These are all the ways that you can either deepen your current practice or begin a practice for the first time, but just a couple ways um, sharing from my arsenal. But then what you may start noticing, especially as you begin becoming more of a co-creator in your spiritual practice and your meditative practice, what you may start to notice is new awarenesses may come up and they may come up around specific quote-unquote issues that you think you've already laid to rest. And that can feel really triggering. Um, But I really want to invite you, if you notice that in your practice, um, to also take a look at, you know, does this have to feel wrong or bad? Or is this an opportunity to clear out any extra residue I have around this scenario? Is this an opportunity to cultivate and find even more love for myself and deeper awareness for my experience? And then using that time to kind of settle in a little bit more into that, into that thought and noticing, are there places that you can soften it even more? Um, that's one of the tools I really like using. Um, and I would say also, you know, that that is one of the reasons. But I think especially if you had trauma, that can be one of the reasons. But another reason could also be, you know, we're always experiencing ourselves here on Earth as our culturally created self, which I've spoken to in previous episodes, um, that term coming from social scientists, your culturally created self, the version of you that is you because of all the societal input, your cultural input, your family's input, or are you connecting to your authentic self, which is the deeper knowing of your soul, the version of you that feels um, loved, accepted, connected, to your experience, um, the version of you that feels more fully expressed, that is not maybe constantly dancing with the flow of emotion or input from others. And so we're always kind of um, hopscotching in both of those (laughs) kind of throughout our day, especially early on the journey. Um, And the deeper you go and the more your awareness and your release kind of expands, then I think you come into a space um, where 
it's more in the authentic self, you know, 99.9% of the time while you're also observing the experiences that other people are having um, that are in the culturally created bubble. So I say all that to say, um, you know, because we are in that container here, It also means that we are individually holding ourselves in these tight little containers all of the time that are so deeply embedded into the roles that we are playing for other people um, and are so deeply embedded into all the different perceptions we've created about ourselves or that we imagine other people are creating about us or all the coping mechanisms we had to take, all the, the different constructs we've created within our own minds and bodies and hearts about ourselves and our experiences and what they mean about us or don't. It is so much happening in us all the time um, before we break into these deeper awarenesses. So, so much that so many are walking around with. That even the experience of sitting down and being still and being quiet to things that are deeply natural to us, they can feel so unnatural and confusing and wrong and strange and upsetting and triggering or pointless. You know, just so many feelings can arise in that. But very often what that is, is just you noticing that you're not your container. You're not the roles that you're playing and not yet understanding what to do with that information. But I guarantee you that if you keep sitting in your practice, um, my belief is that that's when you glimpse that soul, then you get to know that soul. And that's when your natural setting does feel like the stillness and the quiet, the most authentic version of you that isn't trying to validate, that isn't trying to convince, that isn't trying to earn things from other people. Um, And that's something that is really powerful about going on an all silent retreat. I've had the chance to lead those um, with Deepak Chopra over the last couple of years and also go on them myself for my own journey. But when you're in a a silent meditation, um, even if you're surrounded by people, and I've led silent meditations with 400 people before. Um, even when you're in that container, you are, it's astounding the feeling of release you feel from not having to perform in any way for anyone else. You know, we always suggest don't worry about holding that door for that person, don't worry about making eye contact. The, you know, even the niceties you can cast aside. You don't have to make conversation. You don't have to look to connect. Um, you can just have your own experience. That feeling is so liberating. And that's where, you know, you're really intended to land with meditation and that feeling of being a little deconstructed of, well, what, what am I if I'm not hypervigilant with my body? You know, who am I? Am I safe if I'm not, you know, trying to control everything around me all of the time? If I'm not constantly with my eyes open. Um, even the act of having your eyes closed around other people, it can be so radically creative. 
courageous for you, depending on what your life experiences have looked like. And so, yeah, it can feel triggering. There's a lot going on in each of us. And meditation and building that spiritual practice is really an opportunity to not have to be and do all of that, all of the things that you are not naturally, that you didn't come to this earth with, all of those mechanisms or awarenesses, you know, you can really just release them for those moments. So those are a couple ways that you might notice yourself being triggered in meditation. And again, just a a continued commitment to the practice, to breathing through it, to supporting yourself in the ways that you uniquely need. You know, maybe don't close your eyes right away. Maybe just have a very soft gaze, which is just your eyes kind of with a slit barely open and trying to relax your face into that. Noticing when you feel vigilant in your body and saying, to release my jaw. I release my shoulders. I'm going to let my belly be soft. Now I'm going to let myself melt a little more right here. Those are just small adjustments that we can make in real time that you just don't have to judge. So those can be helpful. Um, and you know, something I wanted to share too is depending on what your experience has been, When you begin a meditation practice, it very honestly and truly can feel very scary and triggering at first. Very. And it's okay to settle into feeling all that. And it doesn't mean you're wrong. It doesn't mean you're defective. It doesn't mean you're broken. It doesn't mean that this is another thing that you're not able to do for yourself or do well. Meditation can be incredibly, incredibly triggering depending on your life experiences and the opportunity in that is the space to build more compassion for yourself as you're in process with yourself it is the space to give yourself the dignity of your process let it be a little messy if you're sitting in meditation and you find yourself breaking into tears please God, let yourself cry. Give yourself whatever you need. That is the entire point of the practice. That is the entire point. There is no test. You will not be judged in this. This is just for you privately in whatever ways you need it to be. If you find yourself noticing how uncomfortable you feel in your body, And feeling ashamed of what that discomfort means about you or what brought that discomfort about in the first place. Please release it. Please give yourself an opportunity to get to know your body, maybe for the first time, by noticing and releasing some of these feelings, by getting the support that you need, by journaling about this. And, you know, if you are in therapy, are in a cognitive therapy or somatic therapy or working with someone that is guiding you, begin to share some of these deeper knowings, these noticings, um, and create more space for an opportunity to have more information about what to do in those spaces and those places, about how to move with that, how to release that. There is more information available, always, always, always. 
We just have to learn how to observe, how to really quantify what the experience is sometimes, and then how to really ask questions and tweak the questions to ask them in new ways if the answers aren't supportive to us. So it's important to know that sometimes being slow can be very triggering. Sometimes being still can be very triggering. Sometimes creating space in yourself, in your life, your day, in your thoughts, in your feelings, it can be very triggering. Slow can be unfamiliar to your body. Having space can be very unfamiliar to your mind. Being still can be very unfamiliar to the ways that you've had to experience yourself in your life. But unfamiliar does not mean wrong. And unfamiliar does not have to mean stop. As you continue to maybe sit in some thoughts that may be emerging in this episode, I really want to invite you to write things down. I want to invite you to check in with your own gut and notice what resonated with you and also notice what didn't resonate with you and know that you don't have to take that with you as well. If it resonates, allow it. And if you feel that it doesn't, maybe investigate it. And if it still feels like it doesn't, release it. These are just my thoughts based on my practice and based on the observations and information I've gathered from students and from clients. But this in no way has to be universal for everyone's experience. (sighs) Thank you for joining me this episode. Um, My deepest intention is that for those that connected with it, that this episode really helps to inform the ways that you build, grow, and create your practice for your highest good in your life. Thanks for joining me. I'll catch you next episode. Namaste. Hey, find me on social. Let's connect. At Debbie Brown, that's Twitter and Instagram, or go to my website, DebbieBrown.com. And if you're listening to this show on Apple Podcasts, please, 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 Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. And send this episode to a friend. Dropping Gems is a production of iHeartRadio and the Black Effect Network. It's produced by Jack and me, Debbie Brown. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. 
It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk. Get vaccinated, but, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine.